You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Auburn is not a place, it is a people. The loveliest village on the plains is more than a college sports venue, more than a university filled with historic buildings, more than a quaint little southern town. Its worth lies within its people, those that call Auburn home, whether that be for a single day at a time or for a lifetime. Much like our legendary Toomer's Oak Trees, our stories are the product of a firm foundation laid in the beginning of our Auburn story. These are the stories of the Auburn family. These are their roots. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Auburn Roots. This is our journey of exploring and sharing the stories of your Auburn family members. We're on episode 23 in sharing these stories, and today I have a brand new guest with me to talk about her Auburn story and someone that I got to know through D Ford and I know that many of the listeners are now rolling their eyes because Kyle it feels like every other episode you're talking about someone who you were connected with through D Ford well that's just the truth D is literally the linchpin of what it means to be an Auburn family member at this point and Miss Jen can attest to that as well now Jen I did ask to pronounce your last name at the beginning of the show and I've already forgotten it so I'm not going to butcher it but Jen thank you so much for being here or J-Ro as we like to call you yeah that's fine Romer, Romer, Romer Hauser. That's it. You got it. Romer Hauser. There we go. There we Did go. Did not give yourself enough credit. See, I I try my best to pride myself on being prepared to say those words, and then you just look at them, and then it just gets scared, and I don't know it's what you just... It's intimidating. Is exactly what it is. But thank you so much for being a good sport with that and being a good enough sport to do this on such short notice and to sit down with a guy you've only met like once or twice and actually tell your Auburn story. That's very brave of you. Oh, I'm fearless. I negotiate with only gas companies on the regular. I am absolutely fearless. Well, I can already tell from that statement alone, this is going to be an interesting August story. So <laughs> let's let's jump into that and let's talk a little bit about maybe you know what we've already mentioned here, the connection with D Ford uh, and how we've met via her and getting over there to Auburn and, and meet her as well. Tell me a little about how you two got connected uh, and your time experiencing the story that is D Ford. Well, I was the first one to actually meet her in person. Uh, that's how I know D. So I've kind of opened the door, I guess, a little bit. Um, again, like I said, I work in oil and gas and we have an office in Aberdeen, Scotland. So up until the pandemic and so forth, I was in Scotland twice a year. And the only way to get to, to this little town in Scotland that I had to go to was to go through London. So I was part of the horde that that tagged on to Jay Jacobs tweet at D Ford, the infamous skip the hash, uh, skip the underscore tweet that put everything into D's, our D's phone uh, at what, four in the morning or whatever it was. I was one of the ones that jumped in and was like, hey, way to go. Uh, D Ford, the football player, the American football, the Auburn football player um, was one of my favorite players. And it still is. But at the time, uh, the 2013 Texas A&M game when he killed Johnny Manziel 
right in front of me. I was actually in College Station. That's that's one of the things about living in Texas. I have to take every opportunity I can. So when the boys travel west or the ladies travel west, I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to get there. So I've been to every Auburn game at Kyle Field except this last time they came because it was 98 degrees in the shade and 117 mm. on the field. And Mama just is not doing that. I'm sorry. I do not blame you for that. <laughs> it was one of those Texas days where the players didn't need to be out there. We were appalled that they were even <laughs> going to make a play. But anyway, so I, I had been gifted lower level 20 yard line seats and D Ford killed Johnny Manziel on that last rumble right in front of me. And that was an amazing season as it was, but um, my husband, who I affectionately refer to as corn dog, um, <laughs> was with me. And in fact, and this is a segue, but in fact, on the documentary about the 2013 season, they do a crowd shot. And the reason they did that crowd shot is there was all this maroon. I was sitting in the alumni section and there's a, an orange spot and then a looks like navy blue, but it was technically purple plaid guy right next to me surrounded by maroon and we made it into the documentary the 30 for or the sec movie whatever it's called yeah sec stories yes. so that's that so anyway so i fell in love with d ford that day um the the auburn football player and so i of course like followed him all season and so when jay was all over the way to go mr senior bowl i was right behind him and then of course we figured out that we were tweeting at the wrong person <laughs> so being a good southern girl i apologized and sent her a, a DM that said, hey, look, I'm really sorry, but, you know, hey, we're not such bad folks if you get to know us and, you know, please don't hold it against us. <laughs> and she wrote back and we started kind of, you know, back at, she was like, well, what the heck is football? And so I'm like, well, you know, and it wasn't just me. There were others as well, Jeremy Henderson being one of them. Uh, but the back and forth and, and, you know, both of us being about the same age with a lot of common interests. We just kind of had a rapport. And so then um, my boss is like, I need you back in Aberdeen in June. I'm like, oh, really? So I knew my, my habit is to, to go to Aberdeen. And then on the way home, I fly on a Friday night from Aberdeen to uh, back to LA to Heathrow. And then I spend the night at the hotel at Heathrow Airport so that I can get on the first flight back to Houston the next day. So I text D in advance and I say, hey, you want to get dinner? And, you know, my mom's like, I can't believe you just meet random strangers off the internet. And I said, look, mom, I'm in my hotel. There's a great Chinese <laughs> restaurant at the, at the, at the Hilton at the Terminal 4 at Heathrow. We'll meet for dinner. If she's nuts, I'll just excuse myself and go upstairs to my room. She can't follow. <laughs> and so, um, but so she came over and she was all decked out in Auburn gear, as was I. So we immediately recognized one another and we sat down and we had dinner and um, had a, a lovely evening. And just we clicked. And so then the then the back and forth really picked up. And, you know, the the, the watching games together via Twitter and, and everybody else joining in. And, and I think she really got an idea about um, the, the camaraderie and what it really means to be a part of the Auburn family from that. I mean, the fact that this random woman <laughs> from, you know, Houston, Texas would feel like calling her up and saying, hey, let's go to dinner because I'm in town. And I'm like, well, that's what Southern people do. You know, we talk to strangers in the grocery store line. We're certainly mm -hmm. going to take an opportunity like that to get to meet in person. Um, and I think that's what really enamored her to the Auburn family was that we truly do act like one. That we're just strangers we haven't met yet. You know, just, yeah. that, that, you know, or I think I said that wrong. We're just family members we haven't met yet. So it's just a matter of getting to know one another. And then, um, and then after that, that miracle weekend <laughs> 
that was kindly arranged by Jay Jacobs and ESPN. And it was just um, I, that as an Auburn fan, personally, that weekend that I spent that November with her in Auburn with the ESPN crew following us around and all the experiences that we got to take play, uh, take part in. Um, I think I cried like 90% of the whole trip because <laughs> I was just overwhelmed with emotion. I mean, Auburn is my happy place. I, I, I weigh a hundred pounds lighter weight off my shoulders when I cross that line, when I take exit 51, you know, it, it's just like truly like coming home. And she was, people go, were you having fun? She goes, well, Jen cried. So it must've been, <laughs> it must've been a really good deal. And so, I mean, I cried at the drop of a hat. I'm like, oh my God, do you know how that, do you understand what this, and the, and the beauty of it was that if by the end of the game, you know, we beat Liberty like 200 to three or something. And by the end of the game, we were standing up in the box looking out and I looked over and she was crying. Mm. And I said, you get it, don't you? She was like, oh my God, Jen, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And we just hugged. <laughs> and I've got a picture of us in, in the, the Broadway club. Just our eyes are all swelling. It's an ugly cry picture, but it's one of my favorites of us because it was the moment that, you know, she understood, you know, that we were passionate, but I think at that moment, that was when she became a lifer. Yeah. When, when she really bought in and, and, and went all in to quote coach Chiswick, when she went all in right then, that moment in that, in that, in that, um, at the end of that game, when the, it was senior night, I think, and the band came out and, and they were you know playing the alma mater and I was singing and, and I, that's when I looked over and she, she lost it. Yeah. So it was a good moment. Those uh, those moments don't come very often where you actually get to witness it happening. When I say it, I mean mm-hmm. the the realization that I'm supposed to be a part of this. And this this was already a part of me and I didn't know. And I remember that night. I didn't have as many, you know, uh, for lack of a better word, in, intimate, you know, time with her in terms of like being with her for those special moments. But I got to be with her at Tumor's Corner Rolling. And I remember seeing the wide-eyed look in her face and seeing how, like, it, was, it wasn't confusing, but it was just taking it all in. But, you know, you could see that little twinkle and be like, she gets it. And this is, I was like, is this what it was like for me when, when I first got it? And it's just, it's crazy to, like, live that again vicariously through someone. And you got a very firsthand experience in that. So that's really, really cool. And I, I thank you for your hand in bringing us D4 <laughs> because we are all better for it. Oh, there's no doubt that she's made us a better family and a closer family. And, and I think we can demonstrate to the world at large now, internationally, that, that the Auburn family embraces everybody, regardless of who you are, where you're from. We don't care. All we ask is that you love Auburn. That's literally all we ask. Just you don't have to get along with everybody. But I, even, the, even the folks that maybe I disagree with, you know, politically or, you know, pick a topic. I mean, people disagree about everything. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day... All you have to say is War Eagle, and you get a War Eagle back. Now, let's be careful here, because we might be able to agree with everybody except people that wear crimson and white. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying other Auburn people. Gotcha, the gotcha. Within, <laughs> oh, no. RTR people, they just, the heck with them. I'm, I, I got nothing for that. But uh, but I, my, my point is that if it's an Auburn family member, at the yes. end of the day, you've got Auburn in common. The rest of it doesn't matter. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I figured that's what you meant, but you yeah, know, no. We we can Shoot. tolerate those people, but like, just just don't get around us all that much. You know, the worst thing that's ever happened to me, I guess, since I've had kids, is that my kids' high school is red and white. Mm, that's a shame, right there. And I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a swim mom, and I I volunteer at the, and I have to. I mean, I had no choice. I had to buy a red shirt, and it's literally the only one in my closet. 
And as soon as my kids are out of high school, I'm starting a bonfire. I'm surprised it's actually hangs up in your closet. Please tell me it's at least on the floor. Well, it's, it's, I have to wear it on deck. It, my daughter's a high school swimmer. And so I have to be seen in it. And, you know, so it has to look presentable, but it, it doesn't, it's in the back of the closet. How about that? I'll take that. That's, that's a win right there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll let you pass for having something red hanging up as long as it's in the I, back. I wear nice. navy, I wear a navy blue camisole underneath it. There we go. You, you, you made it all break out the hives. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's great. And I appreciate you sharing that perspective right there, because I always like to talk about that, especially when we have like a common a bond there in times of how I might know someone or have gotten to know someone. And now we'll get to know you even more. So let's dive in to your Auburn roots and where it all began. So whether that was you're coming out of the womb and your dad handed you an Auburn football or basketball or whatever way it happened, tell me how you became an Auburn fan. I am second generation of my grandfather did not have the opportunity to go to college and because he had one son that, that is an Alabama fan and mm-hmm. a granddaughter that graduated from those people. Um, and if we're, and unbelievably that's my favorite uncle. I, I love him dearly, but he's a little weird. He went to Auburn or I take it back. He got a uh, played football at Georgia, graduated Auburn and is a Bama fan. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, my grandmother is so does confused. Think, yeah. He's confused, but he's my favorite <laughs> uncle. Uh, my grandmother thinks that Vince Dooley is Satan, so or did. She's passed now, but um, my uncle went to Georgia on a quarterback scholarship. He was a big stud out of Gadsden High School and went to Georgia on a quarterback scholarship, and for whatever reason, either he did play or he got hurt or something, and he wound up transferring to Auburn where my dad was to finish playing, and then somehow wound up one of them. But again, we just, we, that's, we just don't talk about it. We just, it is not ever mentioned. And his wife, my aunt, is an Auburn fan, so... <laughs> Um, but, but so I, I came out at, my dad was already set on going to Auburn, um, Vietnam got in his way. And so when he came back, um, and this, I guess this is kind of a, a little weirdo tidbit about me. And I've mentioned this, I think on Twitter occasionally, um, my dad got, finished or got out of the military. Um, and my, and he and my mom had had me by then I was not quite a year old and they went straight to Auburn for my dad to come back and finish his criminal justice degree. And so my dad, while he was at Auburn, was a police officer for the Auburn Police Department, not the city of, as Mm -hmm. in the Auburn Police Department. And he worked night shift. So he would go to class in his uniform. And you have to remember, this is the early 70s. Um, I just gave my age, whatever. (laughs) It was the early (laughs) 70s. And, you know, dad was a pig. He He was the man. And he would show up in full uniform to class. And after working a very busy night shift, I mean, Auburn wasn't a hotbed of radicalism, never has been, probably never will be, but it was still the the, the 70s, you know, Vietnam and protests and make love, not war and all that. And so, but, but my dad, I, I, I like to think, and from the stories I've heard was just one of those that just treated everybody with respect and he didn't really care who you were. His training officer was African-American. And so he, that, that was just, I mean, I think he learned, they learned as much about each other, maybe as people as they did um, as, as opposites or whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, I think that really helped in that time when he would come to a scene that they were united, they were in blue and that was the color that mattered. Um, but the funny story, he actually, they, they wrote an article in the Plainsman about my dad, uh, that, you know, police officer, student kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And he likes to tell a story about um, having a particularly bad night shift and falling asleep in class and he woke up and the room was dark and he freaked out because he fell asleep in class <laughs> and he went to the professor to apologize. And the guy was like, look, I have a scanner. Y'all were nuts last night. 
He said, I just dismissed class early and everybody left so you could sleep it off. Oh, no, that that's incredible. That's that's some good stuff right there. Uh, yeah. You know, we just there's things about the Auburn family that are just inerrant. And I think the whole line about, you know, the human touch. And I think that kind of goes to what you just spoke about right there, that while you, he may have been in some circles a controversial figure during that time, uh, there's still that level of respect there that he had for others, but also others had for him demonstrated uh, by the students and that professor in that moment and understanding what the sacrifices he's having to give up and what they were willing to do for him as well in that moment, even though it could be a little awkward. Hey, look, I've, I've fallen asleep in many a class, especially at Auburn. <laughs> I uh, don't tell my professors that. Of course, many of them saw me do it. So I guess it's, the, the jig is up on that. But uh, yeah, uh, we've all been there. I just, you know, I didn't do anything as respectful as uh, trying to, you know, maintain law and order in our, in our fair city at that time. So that's pretty funny. Well, they lived in, um, in just, I've seen the pictures, this little cinder block, wasn't student housing, but it was pretty much a dump. And there's pictures of dad in his Auburn uniform holding me as a, I, I had my first birthday in Auburn. So I, I mean, so I guess I, you could say I grew up on the water there. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I was, I think three months old, four months old when they moved to Auburn. Uh, so I started in Auburn more or less. Um, and then I've just never looked back. I mean, it was just, there was never an option. There was never a question of me thinking, you know, what do I want to be or who am I going to pull for? It was just understood. So, you know, so dad finished there and got a master's from Auburn and um, he went on to do many things, but law enforcement's always kind of been a, a thing for him. And he actually taught for a while at JSU. Um, and he is now retired. He and my mom live in Wetumpka and my sister's a nurse in Montgomery. Uh, she went to Troy. I don't know what was wrong with her. She went to Troy, but her daughter, <laughs> my niece, but my, my, so my niece is now third generation. Um, she's a tri-delt and a, um, an education major at Auburn in her sophomore year. So, and my aunt and I mean, my sister and her husband and their whole family, they're all huge Auburn fans too. So, other than my uncle and his, his my my cousin, his daughter, um, I don't know what happened to them, but the rest of us are orange and blue. So I like to ask this pe- uh, about people, especially someone who who's had you know Auburn running deep and far and wide in their bloodlines. Uh, it's, when you grew up, you were in um, Cedar Town or close to it. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Right, one. Alabama uh, side, but we were closer to Cedar Town than we were to a lot of other places. Tell me about the makeup growing up there of Auburn to Alabama or anything else in relation to that. I guess you're closer to Georgia there. So that could have been some of that as well. What is that? What's the dynamic? What's the breakdown? What was it like being an Auburn fan in that part of the, of the state? There were three of us. (laughs) Uh, You think I'm exaggerating. My life was a living hell on the Monday after the iron bowl until Pat die bow over the top. And I couldn't sleep that Sunday night because I was so excited to go to school on Monday morning. I, I, I never got the chance to tell Coach Dye in person how much he changed my life. But I mean, I, I was I was the kind of the new kid. We moved to that little town up there when I was nine. And that was one of a town of 4,000 people. And everybody there knew everybody from, you know, literally from cradle to grave. You know, the families, it, you know, everybody there had family elsewhere in town except us. We were the outsiders. And so, and I wore glasses, I was a nerd, you know, and then I was an Auburn fan. It was like, oh, geez, I'm the trifecta, you know? <laughs> so literally day one, it was, who do you root for? And of course I said Auburn, and then it was on like Donkey Kong. It was so bad. I mean, I caught it 365 days a year. And the other two weren't nearly as open and pushy and vocal as I, because of course, I mean, I might be up against the wall, but I'll be danged if I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so it was it was miserable. I mean that that two or three years 
that I had to go to school on that money. And I was brand new. We had, we moved there in November in the middle of the, or the beginning of the school year, school had already started and the iron bowl was like three weeks after we moved. And it was like, I hadn't even gotten my feet wet good. And there's the iron bowl and we got killed of course. And I mean, it was just, Oh my gosh, it was miserable. And then Bo went over the top and my life changed forever. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to hear people that lived uh, and experienced that when, when, I wasn't, you know, a lot around during that time. I'm I'm not young, but I'm I'm not, uh, you know, <laughs> old enough to remember that. Uh, but I was, you know, on the tail end when I started becoming, you know, at least coherent and being able to process what it being an Auburn fan was like. Was the tail end of the Pat Dye era, and I and I loved what you said that you never got a chance to talk to him and tell him what that meant. So, what if he was here right now? What would you say to him? Thank you. I mean, probably with tears in my eyes. <laughs> Um, I mean, he did when he came in and how long is it going to take to beat Bama? 60 seconds. I was watching that press conference on WSFA. And I remember thinking, Oh, or not WSFA. That was in Montgomery, but whatever our uh, WBRCs out of Birmingham, that's what we got. Um, I watched that press conference or recaps of it. Anyway, I remember seeing it on the news and I remember thinking, I hope so. Cause I mean, I, I, so I started watching Auburn football. I was very young or listening to it on the radio. I was a huge Jim Fife fan. I was in my office in Houston when I found out he had passed away and I shut my door. I cried for 30 solid minutes, but I, I, I so I remember Shug Jordan. I remember when Shug Jordan passed away, I guess is what I should say. I remember when he passed. I remember Doug Barfield as our head coach. Um, and, and I, you know, so I lived through those, the, the years in the desert. I lived through the wandering <laughs> in the desert. And then Pat came in and, and coach Ty was just, he was, he, he was assured he had that confidence and that, I don't know. He just radiated. We got this. And then it didn't take him long and it only took him 60 minutes. So it's amazing. It is amazing what one person can do for a just plethora of people uh, across, you know, obviously any, any, any like category, you want to say the nation, but the Auburn family, you know, and what Pat Dye meant. And we got to talk to a couple people here who've had some, you know, pretty close relationships here on this series uh one who uh worked for him out uh in his um his land uh with the japanese maples and stuff i believe that was episode eight uh, that's casey teal and then taylor jackson who worked with him on his kind of pr side his marketing and stuff like that and the stories they'll tell you you know they were i'll, I'll be frank i think at some points they were kind of brought to tears and it had nothing to do with football it simply oh, had yeah. everything to do with the man. And I think while he wouldn't, we would all say that just like everybody else, he probably had his flaws as well. It's hard to say too many bad things about Pat Dye, obviously because of the football, but because of what he meant as an Auburn man to us. I don't think that there's ever been anybody or will be anybody that loved Auburn for Auburn more than Pat Dye. I mean, he's the one that told us, you know, Alabama fans love Alabama football, Auburn fans, Auburn people love Auburn. Yeah. And, and that's the truth. And I, you know, even as a child, you know, they would say, well, you know, y'all suck and we always beat y'all. You should be a Bama fan. So you can cheer for a winner. I'm like, no, I, I'm not, you know, I, daddy graduated from there, but you know, we live far enough away. I didn't get to go to games very often. I mean, back then you just didn't go. I mean, you know, it wasn't that big and, but you listened on the radio and, and you, you did all, all the, you wore your stuff, you know, wore your gear on college or whatever it was, but you know, I would I would have sooner quit breathing than than change my allegiance just because somebody was winning. And I think that's what's been kind of what always I always question about my Auburn 
uh, my Alabama friends, and I do have like three, maybe, <laughs> maybe four, I always say, you know, why? I mean, what, what is it? And, you know, we win and bear this and bear that. I'm like, yeah, but what else? And there's nothing. Yeah. You know, there's just nothing. But me, I mean, when I, the first thing I think about when I think about Auburn is not Jordan Hare. Mm-hmm. It's Sam, it's Sanford Hall. It's the Oaks. It's the corner. And it's what we do there. That's my first thought. And and like I said earlier, when, when I take exit 51, my heart beats different and I feel a weight lift off my shoulders and we drive on the front campus and I see the War Eagle wall and I see the clock tower and I'm home, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, now I'm getting all the clamped here. So <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're over here kind of getting me a little misty eyed over here too. So <laughs> I guess, though, one other angle I'd like to take before we get into more of what you've seen and experienced during your time at Auburn. Um, tell me a little bit about you're in Texas now. What's, oh, it, like out, what's it like <laughs> out there being an Auburn fan? You've, we've already talked about going to the Texas A&M games and stuff, but any difference or any, any interesting experiences? We are respected out here. I will say that. Um, and I don't, I'm not really sure necessarily why. I, I think the Aggies um, kind of see us as, as a – brother sister kind of relation, you know, call sibling relationship, you know, they're in ag college and we're in ag college and, you know, they had the big brother UT, the T sips as they call them. And, you know, and we had to put up with the bammers and so I think they kind of thought that, you know, now that they got to join the big boy club um, that, that they could really relate to Auburn fans. And, and, you know, I'll be the first to tell you that's a cult. Uh, (laughs) Those (laughs) people, (laughs) they are the nicest folks in the world, but it borders on scary because if you're not having a good time, it's almost like they're all going to rush out into traffic or jump off a cliff or something. They're they're obsessed with making sure that that you're having fun. And and I'm like, dude, it's okay. I'm here. I don't need and I don't need to understand 87,000 traditions and I don't need to understand all these details. You've got a nice campus. Thank you for the hospitality. Now let's go. Let me kick your butt. You know, <laughs> we're going to go out here to the Kyle Field and that's Jordan Hare West. So or far west. I don't know west of the Mississippi West. Um, but I, I think they thought that we were going to be all buddy, buddy and stuff. And I had to disabuse them of the notion because in the SEC, you have no friends. Exactly. Um, that is the only campus I've ever been to that has this is SEC country signs everywhere. Like I've never seen one before and they have them in maroon and white and they are plastered everywhere. And I'm like, uh, OK, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like at th- that point, I'm like, like, I'm glad you're happy to be part of us. And we're, we're both for the most part, glad to have you, but you do understand that we don't like you when no. game time comes around. Right. Like no, that's, I, that's how that happens. I appreciate the Dixie chicken. I appreciate your March in and your, in your band that twists around on itself and all that stuff. And your crazy looking yell leaders. Um, don't get me started on that, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, when the, when the, I mean, when D Ford killed Johnny Manziel that day, I don't care if I am literally sitting in the middle of the alum section, I am screaming my head off yeah. and I had no sympathy, no mercy, just like D did. <laughs> and, and, and I've, I've been, and the, the next time we went, I think, um, and we were not supposed to, we were, un, we were ranked below them. And they were supposed to beat us by 17. And I think we won by 12 or 14 and it was in the rain and it was cold. And um, the guy behind me, I mean, I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not obnoxious, although RD may tell you differently, but um, I'm not obnoxious about it, but I'm loud. And there was this very, very large, like recent football player <laughs> sitting behind me, very large Aggie man, big ring. You know, he had a ring on and it was, in fact, he played on the line, offensive line the last year they won the big 12. And so he had double rings 
And so finally, about halfway through the third quarter, he was like, did you even go to Auburn? And I just sort of whipped around him and I'm like, brother, you don't. Don't open that door. <laughs> don't even, don't even open that door. I slice my wrist and orange and blue comes out. Don't even. So that, you know, he, he was just, he couldn't understand it. And I don't, I don't know. So, but anyway, so yeah, in, in Houston, it's, it's not so bad. Um, I occasionally see a crimson and white vehicle or, you know, the tag or whatnot. Um, although there's a, there are some that'll, you know, typical Bammer behavior. I had a couple follow me around HEB grocery store one time going road tag, road tag. And oh I, I just gosh. ignored them. I was just like, guy kept saying, look at that war eagle. And I'm just like, are you seriously following me around a grocery store? So my experiences are not that different than they are when we're at home. Um, I will say though that Houston, because of the NASA Space Center, Johnson Space Center yeah. in Clear Lake, we have one of the largest Auburn alumni clubs. Um, it's in fact, it, we have to have sub clubs, so to speak, because Houston is so big. Houston is geographically speaking, the largest city in the United States. So for me to go to a club meeting down in Clear Lake would take me two and a half hours. So it's not we and that's that's an easy drive. So it's it's it, it's hard. It's a good thing to think about that, too, because, you know, we think of Auburn being this small little place and it is. And that's why we love it. But it the family extends out beyond that. And it's not just you can find an Auburn fan or an Auburn family member somewhere else. Like we're like everywhere. I mean, oh, yeah. I, I'm outside of Marietta, Georgia, and that's a huge Auburn. Like I remember when I went to a Home Depot here for the first time we moved here. And they had, I think it was like keychains up in the, somewhere in the Home Depot. There was a Georgia one, and then there was an Auburn one, and that was it. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, why is there an Auburn one here when we're in dog country or even Georgia Tech? Uh, you know, there wasn't even Georgia Tech one there. We're closer to, you know, Atlanta than we are Marietta. So it's just like with Houston. It's it's funny when you get those pockets of places where the you, Auburn people tend to go, especially with our engineering program and you know aerospace, aerospace and all engineering. You know that whole thing that wasn't a coincidence that they named it the Eagle? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah, the aerospace engineering has brought a lot of us out here. And uh, Dallas has a big one because of the computer science stuff with, you know, uh, EDS, the old Ross Perot's old company. Yep. I don't even know if it's still a thing. And Texas Instruments. Mm -hmm. um, so that's actually how I got out here. I got to Texas um, kind of roundabout. I came out here twice. The first time was right after I graduated. I lived in Dallas for five years. And I hated it for four years, 11 months and three weeks. And it, Dallas was awful. And so I said then that it hell would freeze over before I moved back to Texas. You know, Davy Crockett said, you may all go to hell and I will go to Texas. Well, it was the opposite <laughs> for me. But then I, I lived, lived a couple different other places. And then a friend called up that I knew from Dallas. And she's like, well, I live in Houston now. And there's this job. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, right. And I, I came out to Houston in April, which is the most beautiful month of the year. <laughs> Low humidity, blue skies, just perfect temperatures. You know, we went to a, a, a tournament, a golf tournament, um, the Shell Houston Open. You know, big time I saw these and I'm just like, oh, this is great. And then the weekend I moved here, it was like 900% humidity and, you know, 8,000 degrees. And I'm like, what in the world have I done? But that was in 1999 and I have not looked back. I, I, I have not ever left. And I, I took back everything I said, you know, Dallas is Dallas, but Houston is Southern. And in Dallas, you'd meet somebody and you say, Hey, where are you from? And it's always oh, Michigan or Pennsylvania or, you know, wherever in Houston, where are you from Houston? Yeah. So that's, that's how that works. And so now I have two anchor babies here. Both of my babies were born in Houston and they're not babies anymore. They're, they're almost 14 and almost 17, but um, I've got my anchor babies. And so I am a Houstonian now and you could not get me to change. I was going to ask, though, what would it take to get you to move to Auburn, though? 
convincing corn dog. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling him that he better outlive me or else all of his life insurance money is going for a condo. <laughs> a condo on the plains. <laughs> Hey, I think that there's several people. I know Dee's been saving up for one as well, and I, I don't think that she's made a lot of progress on that from what she shared on Twitter. But, hey, I think we all have that dream someday, and who knows, maybe you'll end up there. Um, well, that's what I've told him. His life insurance money is going for a condo and season tickets and four or five sports. So There are worse things it could go towards. I mean, let's be honest here. Oh, absolutely. Like <laughs> LSU tickets. So. <laughs> Uh, well, we've taken a roundabout way, all right? We, we're going to bounce back into the past a little bit for you again. And you had a little bit, we'll call it not unconventional, but most people think of when they, you, I'm an Auburn fan. Most people associate that you've been uh, to school there, undergrad, the traditional sense. But we've, you know, interviewed people and and I will maintain this to this day. Uh, while being an Auburn family member is not required that you actually have gone there, obviously it does kind of lend itself to to that as well. And there are people that I know and we have interviewed here that are just as special in the Auburn family that never spent a day in a class there at Auburn. Uh, you did not go to Auburn for your undergrad, but you spent some graduate time there. So tell me a little bit about how that happened and uh, anything you want to share about that. Well, in my family, you did not miss school unless you were either thrown up, had a fever, or there was a bone or bone sticking out, blood spurting, something like that. You just did not miss school. Right. And when I was like beginning of my senior year, my dad pulled me out of school and drove me to Auburn for college day. You know, and it was, I, of course I'd been to Auburn by then. I'd went to my first game when I was seven. And by then, you know, I'd been there many times, but it was like an official thing. And dad drove me all around and showed me this place where he got in a fight with this person he was trying to arrest. And, you know, <laughs> so it was like this nostalgia tour. But then he got to thinking about it on the drive home. I would be starting Auburn as a 16 year old freshman. Um, I finished high school. I started I started school early, very early. And so um, I graduated high school at 16. And so he got to really think it as he drove around campus and he had seen all the changes and how much bigger it was. And how, and I think the reality hit home that he would be dropping off his not quite 17 year old daughter Mm -hmm. and reality hit. And so he sat me down and said, look, as much as I want you to go to Auburn, um, I I think we better look a little bit smaller. Um, Cause I, you know, with my dad being a police officer and and a, you know, I, I was somewhat sheltered, <laughs> you could say. Um, in other words, not allowed to go anywhere or do anything. So I, I think he was a little concerned about that. And then um, I wound up getting a full ride scholarship, academic scholarship um, to Judson College, uh, which had dress codes and curfews and no boys allowed. So dad was like, yes, you know, this is like the bomb. So I actually went to undergrad at, at Judson, but I went year round. So I finished in two years and 10 months. So now I'm almost 19 <laughs> or almost 20. And I looked at my dad and I said, you're not getting out of it this time. Get your checkbook. So I wound <laughs> up actually getting a partial uh, graduate school. I, I did really well on my GRE. Uh, not GRE. Yeah, is that it? GRE? Yeah, that's yeah, it. That graduate, be it, yeah. graduate exam. That's something else probably by now. But I did really well there. I had an offer from Vanderbilt, had an offer from Auburn, and I had an offer from the other people on the west side of the state. Mm. And yeah, and they were trying hard. They They were really pushing hard. And my dad said, I'll write the check but I'm going to put War Eagle on the subject line every time if I have to. And I said, well, I'm not going to make you do that. And, and Vandy was looking really good until they found out how old I was. And they said, oh, well, you're not mature enough to come to Vanderbilt. I'm like, oh, my. Wow. So mm-hmm. so I'm not saying all that to say that Auburn was my last choice, but uh, it certainly wasn't. It was obviously going to be my first choice going around. But it was just interesting how 
you know, Alabama was, was pushing the, you know, oh, we'll give you this. You know, they're like, they try to buy you. They're going to give you this and give you that to like desperately get you to come. And then Vanderbilt, Vandy's all snooty. And Auburn was like, you're only 19, man, that's fabulous. You know what? You obviously got something going for you. So you know what? We're going to give you a job. We're going to make you a graduate teaching, a teaching assistant. So you go work um, for this professor for one, one quarter, and then you're going to be teaching this class. So you better learn it. You, you better pick up on PO206 because for the rest of your time at Auburn, you're going to be teaching it. And so I wound up as a, I taught five quarters of American government, PO206 at Auburn. And in fact, I'll, I'll go ahead and name drop Ace Atkins, the, you know, cover Sports Illustrated yeah. and, and a, a New York Times, two-time New York Times bestselling author, author was one of my students. He comes to, uh, comes to Houston twice a year on book tour, used to pre-COVID, would come twice a year on book tour. And I always make a point to go down and, and visit with him. And we've maintained the friendship. When he was trying to sell his first novel, they let him set up a table outside of J&M Books. And I bumped into him there. A couple of years had passed. And he was a reporter for the Tampa Tribune and had written kind of a private eye with a New Orleans blues touch, the Nick Travers series. And so I have a signed first edition of his very first novel. You just so. never know who you're going to meet has these type of connections. I had nowhere in my mind thought I, I was thinking, surely she's met some football players and stuff like that. I did not think we were going to be able to hear that you had a connection, that type of connection to Ace Atkins. Yep. I also have a, a signed copy of that Sports Illustrated too, <laughs> with him on the cover. Um, but yeah, Ace is a fabulous guy. And if you've not read the, the, um, the Quinn Colson novels, Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go ahead and plug it. I don't know if I'm allowed to do it, but I'm do going it. to. Those are fantastic. He takes Mississippi and 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 just paints, oh, his words just paint a picture. He is a brilliant writer. Um, he also does the Spencer series. The family handpicked him to pick up uh, the Spencer novels from Robert Parker after Robert Parker passed away. Um, I'll go ahead and out this. My son's name is Spencer because I loved those books so much. And then to have Ace be the one tapped to pick up that series was just full circle for me. It was amazing opportunity for him. And he has made the most of it. Those books are fantastic. But the Quinn Colson novels, anybody that grew up in the deep South and can appreciate what it's like to have a foot in old times there are not forgotten and a foot in modern times, he embraces that. And just, it, they're fabulous books. Cannot, the, it's, the first one's called The Ranger and it is phenomenal. So there's my advertisement. Oh, I, I, we always love plugging Auburn people, no matter what they do on this thing. So that you should never be ashamed to do that. Cause that's what this series is all about. Uh, and speaking of which, let's, let's talk a little bit more about your time on campus there. And, you know, we haven't even talked a whole lot about you no know, games and favorite sports memories outside of a few things here, but tell me a little bit about like campus life while you're there as a graduate student. What was that like? Some things that you remember about it? Well, you have to also remember, so I'm 19, right? And mm-hmm. so I can't drink because they had just changed the drinking age. And so I can't drink. So I can't go to pubs after class or whatever. Um, so I've never legally been inside, inside the supper club. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my, and, and then I was having to work really hard and not that everybody doesn't, but there was not a lot of time for play. Um, you know, I'm a lot younger than everybody. The graduate program I was in, the public administration master's program, I mean, I had classes with the city manager of Auburn. Public administration is how to be a, a bureaucrat in 50 words or less. So I had classes with attorneys, you know, wanted to be city attorneys and, and the city manager of Auburn. So I could not go in there looking like a 19 year old ding dong. That just wasn't going to. So I tried to outwork and out hustle and out study everybody. 
And so I, and then I had, I was teaching the class on top of that. And, you know, I was a sucker for people that are like, oh my God, I forgot to sign up for whatever, whatever. So I'd have like 40 students. They were like bringing in extra chairs and, and you know, but I, I loved teaching and I, I, that's, you know, if I have to have a retirement plan or something, if I want, I hope somebody someday will allow me to teach. I don't want to like teach fancy stuff. I just want to teach government. And I, and I, it's a little segue, but the reason why is that I believe that there's such a dearth, a, such a lack of knowledge in this country, not about politics, but about government and right. how it works and how many chambers in the house, <laughs> basic how many chambers stuff. Of co- the basics, how do you vote? Why do you vote? What is the electoral college? Why do you know, what are the three branches of government? I'm not talking politics, right? I'm talking the foundation, fundamental civics of this country and Auburn. So that's another thing Auburn taught me was that that was, that's a fundamental piece of knowledge that you should not leave college without. And, and, that, and so I threw everything I had into that class. And I mean, you know, I guarantee you that every one of my students can still sing the preamble of the constitution. <laughs> I use the, the schoolhouse rocks. And so I told them on the day of the test that that's going to be on your test word for word. You're going to have to write the preamble, but here's the song. Here's the, you know, here's the VCR. We wheeled the VCR in and we all sang it together for class one day. Uh, I should put I, you on the spot and make you sing it right now. <laughs> I'm not I going to. I won't sing it, but I can't. I, and my son, <laughs> it's funny. My son did it at dinner the other night. He was he got bonus points in his U.S. history class. He was the only one in the class that knew it. And I said, how did you know that? He goes, all that schoolhouse rock you made me watch when we were little on road trips. <laughs> so he was the only one that got points. Well, so. it's, always, it's always the most unique teaching methods that always make the lasting impact. I'll, I'll always remember that from the people that taught me. The ones that made the difference are the ones I'm like, that was a little weird, but I remember it now. <laughs> well, and, and I think that government is one of those classes that you, you know, it, it can be, you know, dull as dishwater. But I, I think it's just, especially nowadays, it's so fundamentally important. But I'll get off my soapbox. But so I worked really hard. I did not have a lot of time to play. Plus, I was underage. So I was, an, and I'm a nerd anyway, I'm a word nerd. And so I did not go out a lot. So the only, and, and I'll go ahead and, and give my shameful thing. I never went to a basketball game because we sucked so hard. I don't know. I don't even know that I knew anybody that went to a basketball game, but I, my first weekend at Auburn, when I moved to Auburn the first time, um, <laughs> I went and knocked on the door of the athletic department <laughs> to ask them how I got my student tickets and was <laughs> devastated to learn that they weren't going to give them to me until after registration, which came after the first game of the season. So I had to actually go buy a real person ticket to get into the first game of the season. But I still have my student ticket from Auburn. It was the old punch card kind. Mm-hmm. I still have those. Um, I still have one or two of the brochures. I have several of the Tiger Rags t-shirts. And um, I know you're going to ask this probably, so I'm going to go ahead and jump in. My most memorable game was the FSU game, the chunk of chief game mm-hmm. when we were not supposed to do well and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we ran them out of Jordan hair. It was awesome. And we stayed for 45 minutes after the end of that game, doing the, Whoa, all that crap. <laughs> I mean, and I, I can still, I can remember exactly where I was sitting right there in the student section in the corner of the end zone to the left. Like if you're on the field, looking up far right like right next to the, where the band would be and, and just tomahawk chopping, like, you know, kiss it. 
See, you lived in a time where some of these rivalries we don't get to see anymore existed. You know, the Florida right. State, the Georgia Tech stuff. Like, to me, that's the stuff of legends that I never, you know, I've, I've seen Auburn and Georgia Tech play, and I've seen Auburn and Florida State play, but not in the traditional sense. So I'm right. very jealous of the fact that you got to experience some of those legendary moments and games that, you know, that have been lost on time, you know, because of conference realignment and schedule changes and all that kind of stuff. And who uh, knows what else we're going to Exactly. The Tennessee tie game, the where you got all the ties in the mail. Yep. Yeah. The Tennessee tie game. Uh, that was a good one. Um, I went to one Iron Bowl at Legion Field and swore I'd never go back. Not only was the place <laughs> just scary, but it smelled like Bama people. So, you know, I'm not, yeah, it was, we got killed and um, it, it was not a good game. But it, the whole experience, the whole Legion Field experience, I do not miss that. And what, so. What's that, worse, I mean, LSU yeah, people oh, yeah. or, or Alabama smell? Oh, Bama's the Bama smells like something that didn't flush. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, LSU, and I, I, you know, everybody, nobody believes me when I say this, but um, maybe it's because I'm, you know, doing missionary work and married one of them. Um, I've never had a bad experience at an LSU game. It, well, I tell you what, I take that back. Well, we were dating. We went to an LSU game, and I met up with one of my good Auburn friends, who, fortunately for me, was a military badass. Uh, flew Apache, you know, warships, and I mean, he was just a bad mamma jamma and we had normal people seats you could not go any higher in tiger stadium <laughs> if you tried and this was a road game and that was the year that they had just gotten waxed by florida in fact um it was the year after the cigar game or two years after the cigar game because i was still catching there were still lots of comments about the cigar game and and the lsu fan and by the, you know, the LSU, if the LSU fans are sitting up there, they're the folks that were like scraping pennies out of the couch to pay for the ticket. So these guys were shirtless and they were drunk and they were typical, stereotypical, whatever. And, and uh, they were just like, hey, your cigar and you know, take it and smoke it, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, raise your hand if you beat Florida this year. And oh. I could because we did. <laughs> and my friend was all that kept me from getting tossed off the top of <laughs> Tucker State. And that's a long way down. That I've been up a there long too. way down. So, yeah, we went to In fact, we went to the Auburn LSU game almost every year after we got married. And we, we've, we've since stopped, but um, kids and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then now um, I don't go to the LSU A&M games because it's always the same weekend as the Iron Bowl. But mm -hmm. anyway, long story short on that, uh, <laughs> I was pregnant one year and we had seats at the top of Tiger Stadium. And we got all the way up there and I looked at him and said, if I have to go to the bathroom, we're gone. I'm not making that climb again. <laughs> I was maybe four or five months, just like enough where when you have to go, you have to go. Right. And my daughter used my uh, soccer ball that around in my, in my stomach. And so if I, if I got to pee, we're out of here. So <laughs> I do not blame you in the least. Uh, that's, it's not a place that I would want to go back and visit for, for many reasons. You know, I, I would, if Auburn was having an exceptional season, but uh, we had a terrible experience at Tiger stadium. Uh, my, oh, I'm sorry. I, I won't even get into to that. Cause that's just, this is not my Auburn roots and that has nothing to do with it, <laughs> but that's well, like, just get her started about it and she'll go on and on about it. Oh, Lord. Well, I mean, I can see how you could. We're very fortunate that my husband's best friend is a muckety muck over in the university. Uh -huh. So now now that we're hanging with them, I, I get the, you know, the heated seats. And the <laughs> so my experience is not your typical fan experience. Anymore. So that's how you survive Tiger. Stadium. That's how that's I survive okay. it now. But back then, I mean, an open <laughs> bar helps. Uh, you know, when, when, when you blow the lead in the third quarter, open bar really helps. Yeah. Let's not relive that one. Yeah, no, uh, we're not going there. I don't we, have a drink we, in front of me. We talked about crying a little bit earlier. That's going to start crying right now. Uh, <laughs> For the wrong reasons. 
Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C Network Booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C Network to join the E2C Network Booster Club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. I think the, the other thing I was really blessed about was that was back in the day when freshmen and sophomores couldn't even have a car on campus. Mm-hmm. I got to come into Auburn uh, with a parking pass. <laughs> I parked in the lot next door to Haley Center every day. Mm. So I never walked in the heat or in the rain or in the cold. I just would complain because I had to sprint across the parking lot. <laughs> and, and all my classes were in Haley. Um, I'm one, surprised you made it out of there. I, I'm surprised I don't have some kind of a fungus growing in my lungs or, you know, I do get, I do get bronchitis a lot. I never even thought about that, that I should be tested for Haley disease. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I had an office in Haley on the eighth floor, I think it was, um, and then got to know some friends of friends or whatever. And there was one guy that was in criminal justice. So I, he was my best friend. Uh, my uh, just, I mean, if you saw me, you saw Mike. And I mean, it was never, it was, we were just, he was my best friend and he still had a quarter to go. I graduated in June and he didn't graduate in December. And I gave him my parking pass <laughs> for that last quarter of his career at Auburn. And he was an, un- he was an undergrad at me. He was a five-year senior. And, um, that was like the, he said that was the best graduation gift he ever got. That's, so. I'm jealous. Yeah. There's many things in your story. I'm jealous of, uh, that <laughs> parking situation. <laughs> Cause. Oh uh, yeah. Let that me was tell still you. when it was an ROTC field. There was still an ROTC field out there. Let me tell you the amount of walking that I did at campus. It didn't really matter much because of how poorly I ate while I was there. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm super jealous of that. I had to actually move like basically onto campus in my last couple of years to to alleviate some of the walking or bus riding that I'd had to do to then walk again on campus. Uh, there are worse things that you can do because it's a very pretty campus, yeah. uh, even in the heat and even if it's driving rain and stuff like that. Auburn, Auburn in a snowstorm is outstanding. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to experience that. Uh, no, it didn't snow while I was there, but I have seen pictures of the national championship snow. That was amazing. I have that framed in my office. My office, in fact, because of my home situation, my office that I haven't been in since April is actually a shrine, so to speak. I've got my three Heisman Trophy winners, autograph, portrait, picture, whatever. Um, I've got several pieces of, you know, major Auburn art with the coin, you know, the nice frame. Um, I've got, you know, obviously my diploma. 
uh, and I've got the creed, of course. I've got the David Housel, you know, what it means to be an Auburn man or woman framed in there. I've got pictures of tumors. I got, I was there when the flush was there. You should totally be jealous of that. The original flush and the original location. My first date at Auburn was for ice cream for a dip top at the at the flush. Do you know how many people have talked about that that place on this show? Oh like my it God. is, it is like the the most lamented thing. The fact that it is not there anymore. I have never been more angry at Auburn students than I was when I found out that not one of them chained themselves to that place. I, I mean, I I was just livid. I, there was nothing I could do about it. I was too far away to go home and chain myself to something. But if ever there had been something worth chaining yourself to to try to save it, First National did not need an ATM. Just they did not. <laughs> not bad enough to destroy the Santa Flush. I mean, seriously. And we so, have found the sticking point for Jen. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's my mm, – I'm so disappointed. I will forever be disappointed in that. <laughs> Well, let's talk a little bit about modern stuff. And, you know, we have one more thing to get to that I didn't warn you about. That's the, always the fun part of this episode at the end. No, don't worry, it's fun. And of course, <laughs> you'll probably have to do some explaining and things like that. But let, talk to me a little bit about, you know, when I say modern, you know, post you uh, graduate, graduate school there and even up until now, uh, being an Auburn fan, you know, favorite memories and games. We've talked a lot about, obviously, D already. But what else sticks out to you on that? Well, the FSU game will probably forever be, you know, just – I don't know. It's probably top three. Um, my, my game, the game of the Liberty game that I went to at D is definitely, you know, top three, top five, you know, I've got so many over the years. I have another, uh, the year that Cam, uh, the Georgia game where we won the SEC West, uh, by, or I guess won that, yeah, won the West by beating Georgia. My, my friend Michelle and I were in the end zone, um, there for a long time, again, pre COVID, I came home by myself every year for a game. And, um, you know, my husband was great, you know, gracious enough to stay with the kids and let me go be with my tribe. Mm-hmm. Um, he calls us a cult, but you know, we're not, now that he's been to A&M more often, he was like, no, y'all aren't a cult. Has he so, seen the, the place he calls home? I mean, come on. That's not a cult. That's a, that's a fado do is what that's called. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a potty friend. So, you know, but you know, so he would let me come home for a game every year to be with my tribe. And, and that was, I have a good circle of of good Auburn friends that I've collected over the years that Twitter has done nothing but expand. But there are a couple of guys and, and gals that are, that are core to that group that I've been friends with since before I married. And so we meet up and we tailgate. Um, but I, so I was in the end zone for Cam and Nick Fairley and, and the thing that got Aaron Murray's mama all pissed off. And um, still so to this there, day, <laughs> still to this day. And you know what, Aaron, I was also in the other end zone for the prayer in Jordan hair and Aaron Murray was not in. And was he was right thank in front of you. Me. He was so freaking not in. I was Jen, right there. You are my favorite person ever. I was today on a YouTube live stream that we do for the network talking about that. Hey, I thank you. I'm so glad someone else. I, I saw it you. with my own eyes. Cause I looked at my friend, I was sitting with, with one of my friends and I said, he wasn't in, I could see grass. And I'll tell you another thing, the A&M game where we, where God bless him. Um, what was his name? Uh, Lee Zim, but was it who? No, who was it that fumbled? Our center that never fumbled that fumbled. Oh goodness! Anyway, uh, I, I don't want to talk about. It, but yeah, we recovered that fumble in the end zone. I was sitting on the wall. I was in the first row, right there where the kids are now that they paint all their their chests and stuff. Mm-hmm. I had those seats. He fumbled in front of me and recovered that fumble. We recovered that fumble. The A and M guy stripped it from him after the ball was down. I saw it. Ref, you need you need glasses. I thought I car, uh, my my corn dog was with me. My husband was with me and he kept me from going over the wall at the ref. I was that angry <laughs> for the AM game. Anyway, but no, I was there for the, the miracle in Jordan hair. And, the, and that's probably my best Auburn memory 
I knew, and you, I mean, I call it mommy radar, call it whatever you, moms know, moms have a sixth sense about things. And my grandmother was always one of those that claimed she could see, had the sight. So when, you know, we're all, I, mean, you, I think there wasn't any oxygen left in Jordan here because we all inhaled when Nick dropped back on that fourth and 18. And the minute he uncorked it, I threw my arms up in a touchdown. I threw my arms straight up because I knew, I don't know how I knew, but I knew that that was going to connect and it was going to be just fine. And I was already jumping up and down and screaming uh, when, when it got bobbled and, and caught and into the end zone. I was already up and down. And uh, I came home. I, so we, we lost our minds, of course. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Uh, rent rolled tumors. I still have, I, that's the only tumors rolling I've ever saved tissue from. I, I still have it. It's set aside. Um, but I came home and I walked in, you know, showered and whatnot the next day and walked in in a pair of shorts. My husband's like, my God, what'd you do to your leg? My entire calf was purple from slamming up against the seats in Jordan hair. I had a bruise that was probably six inches long. My entire calf was black and blue. I never felt it. Didn't care. Wow. Um, but I guess my, my non in-person game experience, um, was the time I almost got arrested, uh, during the kick six. Um, well, we got a story here now. <laughs> so this was a season, you know, if you'll remember, that was not a season we were supposed to have. That right. was, we were supposed to stink. We were, you know, and the boss usually, as he usually would do about September, October said, I need you to go to Aberdeen in December. And let me tell you, there's two places you don't want to be in December. One of them is the Arctic Circle and the other is in Aberdeen, Scotland on the North <laughs> Sea in December. I have never been that cold. But anyway, so um, I had already had booked like a month and a half in advance tickets to Aberdeen. And of course it was that game. And so I'm, and I'm on the 930 red eye to, to London. And so which meant I had to be at, at Bush Intercontinental Airport at like eight. <laughs> so we're, I'm listening to the game the whole way, you know, and then the connection to Sammy Coat. So we're driving and blow. And I'm like, Oh my God. And so we get there. I sound like Rod Bramlett. Um, so we get to the, we get to the thing just as, you know, clock has expired and they're, you know, going to overtime. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, I, I don't check bags even for a week in Scotland in December. I don't check luggage. So I had one, I don't have, I got straight through security. There's a bar immediately on the side of security and, and at, at uh, terminal E with a television, I can get through security and get to that TV before overtime comes back to overtime. And I would have made it except that a Saban decided to kick the field goal and B the old lady in front of me did not take her 75 lipsticks out of her purse. <laughs> And so I'm losing my mind. I am literally losing my, I can't put my earpiece in to listen to the radio. I, I have no way of hearing anything. And I'm, I'm going, can y'all, can I please go around? And they're like, stay in line. And I'm like, oh God, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. And then all of a sudden I hear this scream go up from the bar and I'm, I'm like, that's it. Somebody get me through security right now. And people converged on me, including this very large man. He was bald. He had no neck. He was huge. Ma'am, we're going to need you to calm down. I said, I don't think you understand. <laughs> I'm an Auburn fan, and that's the iron ball on that television, and something just happened. I got to get through this line, and they're putting on the rubber gloves. I'm not making this up. This is, this is not hyperbole. This is how it happened, and I'm like, look, here's my bag. I don't have any, you know, I got my shoes off. I got my, I got all this. I am ready to go around this old lady. Pardon me, ma'am. I am ready to go around this old lady. To, I've got to see what's happened. And so this very large man says, ma'am, if you'll come with me, put your bag and your stuff. And I thought, oh, hell, I'm going to miss my flight. <laughs> I'm fixing to get probed. I am going to get a, a red flag in my whatever. He took me straight through security and walked me down to the bar. 
and the CBS station was showing a commercial. He goes, okay, look. He said, I'm going to tell you what happened, but you have to promise not to scream. I said, nope. He said, Auburn won. And I screamed. <laughs> and he said, but no, no, no. He said, take a breath. He goes, it's not that they won. It's how they won. And I said, what are you talking about? It's overtime. He goes, nope. And he and just then they came back with the play of the game and Vern going, you know, it's the play of the game. There's no question what it's going to be. And here's Rod Bramlett with the call. So not only did I see the kick six for the first time, it was synced up on the TV with Rod's call. Mm, that's and a way to experience it right there. I, I, I lost my mind. I kissed the security guard and he laughed and he, and I said, how did you, I, you know, thank you. Oh my God. Thank you. You have no idea what this means. He goes, well, I do. He said, I'm a Georgia fan. Oh, Wow. He said, after what y'all did to me two weeks ago, I almost didn't let you through. He said, but I hate Bama more. <laughs> There's one thing that everyone in this nation can get behind. Is oh, that yeah. all hate Bama. <laughs> yep. And so I went to the Papa Do's that was right outside of my gate and they sold nice, pretty decent champagne and little sink, well, quote, single serve bottles. And I would, they were really busy. And so I sat there and drank champagne <laughs> And I would drink one and I would slip one into my bag because I'm not paying $50 a bottle on the, on the plane, you know, for 10 hours to, to London Heathrow. <laughs> and I drink one and I'd stash one. And, and so I got on that plane to Heathrow, just very, very happy <laughs> and maintained that happy all the way to Heathrow. And um, it was just, it was just fantastic. It, that's, that's, so that's my best. And I know everybody says the kick six is the best one, but I mean, I went from literally almost getting arrested to a Georgia fan of all people after the miracle in you know, Jordan hair, just two weeks before it was a Georgia fan that saved me from getting arrested. And, you know, to this day, we don't understand why we don't hate Georgia as much as we hate Alabama, but for moments like that, where we actually can find some connection, it's yeah. your, your story is the perfect example of that. Oh yeah. I, I don't, I don't, this, I have a, I struggle with the the current trend toward Georgia sucks. And I, and I, I get it and I feel it, but you know, I, I, that guy showed me a kindness that, I mean, cause I really was making a scene and I'm not proud of that, <laughs> Yeah, but you yeah. know, it's, you're frantic. So, but he understood. He understood. That, that is one of the most unique stories, uh, Auburn ever, but Auburn iron bowl, uh, the kick six stories that I've heard thus far. And, you know, I, I've heard a lot of them obviously here on the series, but also just in person and talking to people and you, you have you, that's easily top, probably top three, if not top one that I've heard thus far in terms well, of I, if you I weren't there. <laughs> yeah. For not being in the stadium, but I got a text from my dad about 10 minutes later going, please tell me you saw that. <laughs> Cause he knew where I was. He knew I was on, you know, about to get on the plane. Yeah. Well, you're like, uh, I saw it, but let me tell you how I saw oh, it. Oh, I called him and I said, you almost had to bail me out from the TSA lockup. And, and I, I, again, that's not hyperbole. They, I was being converged on. They were like talking in the radios on their shoulders and, you know, the old lady's freaking out because she can't get her lipstick out. I mean, it was just a hot mess, but a Georgia fan saved me from being arrested and I didn't get fired because I didn't miss my plane. And, you know, it was great. It was a great do you, day. Do you think to this day on uh saturdays in the fall that that airport now has what's called a code gen now if you see someone <laughs> trying to bust through just check and see if they got any orange and blue on them <laughs> well and i did i actually had on orange and blue i had on, so I, my, my credentials were verified but i would not be surprised <laughs> I, but you know that is i mean I, my dad being a cop i was raised very law and order i don't act out in public or in security like, not like that but that day i was willing to risk everything for auburn to get arrested uh, you know it was worth it would have been worth it 
that day was worth a lot to so many people. And oh, yeah. yet, yet another installment in in hearing what someone's perspective was like and always unique. Um, well, let's do this. I think we've reached a great point here to, um, you know, kind of move into the last bit here. And I, I usually warn people about this, but this is not it's not so scary. I call this not so rapid fire, rapid fire questions. Oh, uh, and it's not so rapid fire because I'm going to ask you basically what should be a short answer, but feel free to expound upon it. Or I might ask you to explain why. So is this like free association? Uh, it's, no, it's just gonna, like this or that, your favorite this, Auburn. Oh, okay. Stuff. okay. You'll, you'll have fun with it. Uh, we'll see what some of your answers are. Always some interesting ones here as well. So if you're ready, we can get started. Yeah, sure. Go for it. Number one, orange or blue? Blue. And why? I, I'm an autumn, and I, I, but I don't look good in orange. So to me, orange <laughs> is the accessory color. But I, I've got, my closet is just navy blue. My car is navy blue. Uh, you know, we were looking at a new uh, new dishwasher day, and I saw navy blue washer and dryer, and I'm like, "Ooh, what can I do to wreck mine?" So I I, I love blue, always have. There you go. Number two, Obby or War Eagle? <gasps> oh, that's a blasphemous question. Choose carefully as well. Oh no! And I'm going to make <laughs> you pick one. Don't. No, I cannot. I, yeah, well, everybody, okay. I forced everybody else to. Oh. <laughs> Well, Obby's my favorite mascot. War Eagle is my favorite embodiment of the battle cry. Boom. Wow, that's actually, <laughs> that's, that's fair. I guess I can accept that. I'll have to think about it. I'll probably regret that for not pushing you on it. But uh, <laughs> if it, it keeps you safe from the minions of Obby, then I am, I, I'm, I'm happy about that. Because if you didn't There's choose no Obby, better mascot. There's no better, he's not a mascot. That's not, you really shouldn't even be calling him that. There's no better what is this mascot you speak of? All I know is we have a tiger. Exactly. There is no better representative of a university than Aubie. I mean, he's he's worldwide. I mean, but he is the man. National uh, champion. Oh, multiple times. But but you know, the War Eagle tradition and the and the Eagle Flight and the Raptor Center and the wonderful work that they do. Um, that's that is a physical embodiment of the of the Auburn family and the War Eagle, the word or the phrase. And the, the battle cry. So I don't think you can. That's not even a fair question. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just have to accept that one. Number three, your favorite part, and this can be a word, phrase, sentence. Uh, hopefully you'll say not just the whole thing, but the favorite part of the Auburn fight song. Give them hell, give them hell, stand up and yell, hey. Why am I not shocked that's your favorite part? <laughs> because when I was little, that was the only curse word I was ever allowed to say. Uh, you know, I, I don't know why, but when you said it, you could have gone so many different routes. I was like, of course that's hers. And I'm not saying that judgmental of the way is all, I, no. it's, that's an endearing way for to to say that it acknowledge that that's your favorite part. My dad said that that's not cussing. If you're singing the fight song. Fair point. I'd have gotten my mouth washed out. Otherwise. Question four, your favorite Auburn athletics program of all time. I don't know, man. You mean like year, like a sport Sports. in a year? Or? Just, uh, like we've had, you know, football, basketball, baseball, softball, all at swimming, diving, the question, your favorite period. <clears throat> well, I guess because it's lifetime, it has to be the football program. But um, but Bruce Pearl has been such a game changer that the basketball program is, has skyrocketed. And then our, our baseball program and our quest, I don't, geez, um, you know, we're bringing in an Olympic athlete next year on our gymnastics team because Coach Grave has done an amazing job. Our soccer team brings home accolades. I mean, our track and field folks were setting personal best and facility records this past weekend. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of them all. I follow them all on Twitter. I'm going to the Round Rock Classic in a couple of weeks. I was going to ask you that. Uh, I'm glad you brought... doggone right. I am. I, if they're coming within, I'm going to try to go to um, to A&M and to Waco to see the, the, the ladies ride. So... And... 
I was going to say this too, Jen, you know, I, we almost had an opportunity maybe to meet up here, but I'm going to be, I, I my it's quick aside here. That's has no relevance to your story whatsoever, but <laughs> my brother's getting married in uh, Dallas in three weeks. I think it is from this recording. And it's right in between the equestrian stuff and round rock. And I'm like, are you kidding me, son? I could have gone to round rock if you had just chosen the right weekend. So we could have oh. been there together. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. That's I've got tickets for Saturday and Sunday and a night on sixth street in between. So I am looking forward to that. You, you really did pick a great state to experience like non-conference <laughs> Auburn stuff, because not only does you have Texas A&M there, but there's like so many reasons that Auburn could go there, whether it for like a opening football game or something mm-hmm. like that. There's a lot of things that happen out there. Well, I mean, we looked into going to the Baylor basketball game, uh, but those people are way too proud of that. That, that was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, and then we're within spitting distance of, you know, Arkansas and Mississippi and Louisiana. And, and we've been to, I went to the K-State game that year because we got tickets uh, to go to there. So we're, we're within driving or, or short distance flight of, of every, now it's not the same as being able to drive to seven states from Auburn, but, you know, even considering the distance, I have lots more opportunities now mm-hmm. than I ever had. Yeah, I, I'm definitely, that's, that, that's a very favorable, you don't think about it that much, especially for those of us who are blessed to be here in the Southeast and within, you know, a couple of hours of Auburn. Uh, but that's a really good spot for you to be in to experience some really unique things that Auburn yeah. fans maybe don't get to. Absolutely. Question five, your favorite Auburn athlete of all time. You know what? I'm going to go off reservation. Okay. I'm going to say Ace Atkins. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you know the story about the the tackle that made the cover of Sports Illustrated, but you know he didn't play a lot. He, right. he you know he's from a legacy Auburn family. His daddy Bill, he was on the '57 national championship team, and his dad obviously played at Auburn. And, and I think he had an uncle or two that played at Auburn. Um, he was he was a scholar first and an athlete second, and he had a hard time. Um, you know that was back when it was you know you weren't supposed to read books. That book learning ain't good for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept Spencer novels in his back pocket and would read in the locker room during downtime and got just, you know, trashed for it. And he had a hard time. And so he had not had, but I think one tackle all season. And then he nailed Danny Warfel twice, did the and got himself on the cover of Sports Illustrated and then went on to have such a successful life and a, such a successful career beyond Auburn athletics um, to show that you can do both. Mm-hmm. You can be an athlete and a scholar and truly mean that. And I'm not, uh, he's just, he happens to be a personal friend, but I, I think his story is important that you can, you know, like yeah. the the commercial says, you go on to succeed in things outside of sports. Um, and he, he never let one overtake the other. And I've always admired him for that. Right. So, I mean, you know, the obvious choice is Cam and Bo and, and Barkley and the big heart and all that. But I, I think he has to be probably right on up there because in the moment when it mattered most, he, he scrubbed Warfel on, I mean, he scrubbed him. He, he did it. He pulled a D four Johnny Manziel on him, crumpled heap on the, you know, bleh, on the, on the turf. And, and right when it was most important, he found that athlete within himself, within off the field, he was, was the scholar. And I've just always admired that about him. You know, that's a great pick. You're obviously the first one to pick ACE here, uh, 23 episodes into the series, and you might be the only one, but your reasoning is sound. And I, I love that. You know, there's nothing against people that pick Cam Newton or Bo Jackson or no, Pat Sullivan, but those stories like that and the reasons behind it more than just what's on the field that sometimes make those most special. So well, really, and, and really I'll, great pick. I'll tell you who 1A would be or 1B would sure. be Cody Burns. Oh, 
Jen, stop it. You are literally becoming my favorite person ever. You you talked about, you know, the whole prayer in Jordan Hale, which never should have been because of the tackle at the goal line. And then you're going to pick my, so Cadillac is my favorite. And I've got my signed picture of him I'm looking at right now. But Cody, I, I'm too, I, I keep trying to like insert my story into your story. And I'm sorry, but you like, oh. you hit me right here in the stuff. We, my wife and I have not been blessed with children yet, but I have fought to the bitter end. I will fight <laughs> until that child comes out of the womb or we adopt or whatever that my ch- my son, who if I get a son, will be named Cody. And I'm probably not going to win that battle, but I'm going to fight for it because that that man. He's an Auburn man. My, man crush right Auburn here. Auburn man in the, in, the de- in the dictionary, there's a picture of Cody Burns. Absolutely. Team before self. And 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 I my daughter in her swim career went through some injury and and had a hard time and she was wanting to be a leader and I said there are other ways to be a leader than in the water and so she wound up helping to coach the junior high team and and she wound up helping coach the water polo team and and now she's back in the water and doing well and but that year was hard you know you go into high school thinking you're going to be an athlete and then you get injured and you've got and she wanted to quit and I'm like no ma'am no ma'am. There are other ways for you to be a leader on that team and not even get your toes wet. Mm-hmm. And I told her about Cody Burns. And it's not the same. He wasn't injured. But sometimes you put the good of others and helping others be their better person before yourself. And I have had a chance to tell Cody Burns what I think about him and how much I adore him and, and the example that he sets. And I don't care where he goes or, where you know, anywhere. To me, he is the poster child for being an Auburn man. And my favorite picture of Cody Burns is after the national championship, that shot of all the confetti and him walking alone by himself, where you just see the back of him, the number 18 walking off into the orange and blue sunset. And it, I mean, it's figuratively speaking, but right. I, I love that picture. And note, he, he a is an Auburn note. man. I am making a personal note to myself right now. Uh, <laughs> Jessica, my wife needs to listen to Jen's episode and to explain <laughs> why our child will be named Cody. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> Jessica, you absolutely have to name your child Cody. Even a little girl, Cody's a girl's name too. And there we go. That's fine. I don't, I don't care. I just, I need a child of mine to bear his name so that they can, that, I'm all about stories mm-hmm. and that name has a story and yes. you know, it, it goes beyond sports for that. It matter. really does. It, it, that is true leadership. That is everything there is about being an Auburn person. Not just, he's an Auburn, but just being an Auburn person and, and i will always respect him for that i am jazzed up now we're only we're in question five of 12 here all right question six oh, i'll shut up no 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 that was great that i loved every bit of that question six favorite auburn coach oh it's pat Dye. i mean I, i'm surprised you even had to ask that i do uh, it for formality's sake yeah and, and again but it's not just because that's the easy pick i mean you know it's because it's like i said you know he changed my life i i mean i could not sleep waiting to go to school the next day in my Auburn gear and go, what's up? You know, <laughs> and all those Alabama fans, I mean, I think a couple of them called in sick, you know, because <laughs> they knew what they were about to get a ration of, you know? Right. And I did, man, I strutted. Not oh, surprised that you kept with that one there. I just wanted to make sure in case you wanted to change it. But I, but I will, my one B there would be Gus Malzahn. And what? I know that's probably not a popular pick if we're talking football coaches. Um, and then any other sport, any other sport, I would say that it has to be Greg Williams mm. uh, in the in the equestrian program because of the amazing things he's done and brought to Auburn. Greg Williams is the Shug Jordan of the Auburn equestrian program. Oh, is he not? Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to go to Waco and watch those girls ride for a championship. I, I mean, I am just. I met them the last time Dee was in Auburn. We went out to the equestrian center in, in the pouring down rain, Georgia weekend, and uh, watched and watched them compete. And I was just blown away with the beauty. 
Yeah. So yeah, I got to say Greg Williams. Great picks all the way around. One A, one B, one C, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, question seven for you. Your favorite non-athletics Auburn person. So when I say non-athletics, so cannot be a coach, an athlete, or I even kind of take athletic department people out of this. So someone who is not directly associated with the athletic department, your favorite Auburn person. Um, I, my, my program director, Dr. Montjoy, when I was there, because again, he took a chance on a 19-year-old kid coming into a very um, intense program. Uh, you know, people think, oh, well, bureaucracy isn't, oh, no, it's a big deal. I mean, this is not, this is not politics. Again, this is how to manage a city, how to manage a state, how to manage the country, mm-hmm. you know, how to be the behind the scenes person that, you know, somebody has their big political idea, you know, we're going to do X, Y, Z, you're going to pave the roads. Well, it's the person behind the scenes that makes that happen. And I did municipal work for several years before I, I joined the oil and gas world. And, and I loved it. I yeah. loved, I worked for three different cities, two different cities. Um, and I enjoyed doing that, but I had a, a dog to feed and, and I just couldn't make, I couldn't make a whole lot of money. And you don't, you don't go into public service for the bucks. So I, um, I had, to, I got out of it, but you know, Dr. Montjoy took a chance on me and believed in me and encouraged me. And um, I wound up doing very well. Another great pick as someone that we obviously haven't had quite yet. And it's a very personal one for you. Question eight, your favorite Auburn building. <laughs> the only one I ever went in. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> probably picks Haley center, but I mean, look, Haley's got it all. It's got smelly elevators, you know, that she sometimes got stuck in. It's got the bookstore, you know, which in my day was not awesome. You know, it's certainly not like it is now with the, all the cool merchandise and whatever. It was truly a bookstore. It was right there in the middle of everything. You know, if you had, you know, heyday, everybody's on the, I mean, it's right there in the middle of everything. And I had a parking pass. And that's really, other than like Jordan Hare or, or one of the others, that's really the only place I could pick because that was the only building I ever went in. <laughs> that's, you know, not a, that's not hyperbole. That's the truth. We, I, take, uh, oh yeah, I, I, I take that back. I went into um, well, Langdon Hall for free movie. Uh-huh. So I have been in there. Was that Langdon Hall? Yes, yes, that was Langdon Hall yes. that did that. Yeah. Langdon Hall. And then I dated a guy in computers that was a computer software engineer. And so I've been in the engineering building a couple times, um, but I couldn't tell you where it was. We were in a, he was in a lab. I'd like go meet him. I had a class that met once a month for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like a weekend intensive, they called it. And so after I got out of class, he'd be working late in the lab and I'd walk over there, but I don't remember anything about it. Well, it's probably changed by now with the amount of oh, money. And you know, it building. Has. yeah, yeah, that's all gone probably now. I'm it's, it's... sure. Yeah, because I'm old. And <laughs> no, so, no, I have I, nothing I to do with you being old. It's just no, that's how quickly that's changing over there. And yeah. it still is to this day. I don't recognize it sometimes when I go back. Um, but no, I, so I really it's, it's Haley Center by default. You're the first person, I think, to actually pick Haley Center. Most <laughs> a lot of people have actually said uh, it's not Haley Center. <laughs> Anywhere like, but Haley Center. But, you know, we we walked in at. Um, the last time Dee was there, we were getting a good, a good walk around campus and we walked into Haley and I'm like, oh my God, it smells the same. Mm. That weird funk, the yep. Haley funk. And I have the same uh, reaction to Funchess Hall, which we also call Fungus Hall. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I can right now I've smelling it. Like I, I know what that is and I, yep. that, that's home to me. So I, I get what you're saying about Haley. Question nine, your favorite Auburn place to eat past, present, future i don't know but your favorite auburn place to eat at what time of day <laughs> you I, it doesn't matter what time of day you you have uh, you can only go eat at this place niffers. in auburn or out or you didn't eat, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a caveat too 
it can be an Auburn place outside of Auburn as far as you want to get, as long as you connect it back to it. No, it's Niffers. It's Niffers. Uh, uh, They had just opened when I started there. And their chicken sandwich, I mean, it's the corn nuggets. Mm. I have dreams about corn nuggets. I mean, like, just wake up tasting them and wish I could just go over there and get some corn nuggets. And I can't. Swim in them. Oh man. And nobody else in my family likes them. So I always get two orders when they, you know, we get there because we've been driving from Atlanta and I make them stop exit 51. If we're on our way to my mom and dad's, we have to stop in Auburn and go to Nippers to, to eat. So while they're all in the bathroom, I get two orders, you know, for the family. Right. <laughs> and the then when quote, they bring them, my husband family. always, yeah, my husband goes, you know, none of us like them. I'm like, yep. <laughs> But y'all so, can pretend and just let me eat the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. And then there, were, there was a place that was there that is no longer there. And it was the Tiger Time Diner. And I don't know how long it lasted, but they had a thing called a scramble dog that at like, a, <clears throat> you know, three or four in the morning. Um, <laughs> I might have been underage, but I didn't say I was, you know, underwhelming. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that, it was, a, it was a, a double hot dog with chili and cheese and oyster crackers and sour cream. And Scott, I don't know what I was up. It's called a scramble dog. And I could flat put one of those away after a night at the rodeo club. Wow. So that sounds so good, actually, right it now. It was I've tried to recreate it and I don't know. I can't. It's not the same. They got some secret ingredient they will never tell you. And that's why Yeah, well they're they're not the the, the diner's not there anymore, but it was over in front of the Walmart uh, when like when you okay. first came in. Yeah. So. that's been a while because I don't yeah. I, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. <laughs> um all right, question ten. Your favorite Auburn tradition. This can be sports, non-sports, a personal tradition, but your favorite Auburn tradition. Gosh, you're awful. You're awful. I know, um, I, it's, you haven't even heard the last two yet. <laughs> well, and, okay, then you know what? I'm, I'm going to go off the reservation again, and it's it's not from my time there. I mean, you know, the obvious choice is rolling tumors, but, I, but I'll tell you it by extension. I love the fact that back in the day when we still played a nobody before the Bama game, that was like the family game, right? Mm-hmm. And so as a mom, my kids, that was their first Auburn experience was coming back with me for the fam- what I always call the family game, you know, because you could afford to bring your kids. I mean, my kids know the I-D-A-H-O, Idaho, Idaho, go, 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 <laughs> because we were sitting right next to this group of Idaho people. And so their first game at Jordan-Hare was the Idaho game. I don't even remember what year that was. But I've got pictures. We we met Aubie. I mean, we just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And Aubie was there. So I've got pictures of them with Aubie. And I've got, you know, they got to end up because, of course, we won the game. We went, we rolled tumors. And But if not for the gimme games, you don't get to have that. I mean, maybe you do if you've got a billion dollars. But if you live in Texas and you don't have a billion dollars, you know, flying a family of four in and plus buying football tickets, plus, you know, whatever, whatever, you can't afford it. But that gimme game, that family game. My entire, my, my mom and dad, my sister, her husband, her two kids, me, my husband, my two kids, all of us went to that game. And so Auburn means family is Auburn means family. Absolutely. And that means your family too, not just the strangers you don't know that are Auburn people. It means your family too. And so even, you know, corn dog even like wore a navy blue sweatshirt, I think. And, and we were together as, and I've got some great pictures from that, you know, Tiger Walk. They did Tiger Walk. It was great. We were right up at the front. My daughter got to have high five Gus Melzon. She was stoked. My niece cut the high five um, out of her hair. Our quarterback was uh, so cute. He was so cute. Well, they're all cute. But anyway, she was like all <laughs> giddy because she got to high five him. And so just all those moments, tumors lemonade, the whole day, those games give us the opportunity to have those multi-generational game days. 
and, and you don't have to be, you know, one of the power brokers to do it. Absolutely. I think that's a great pick. And, you know, I've long said that sometimes the best Auburn members are, are the ones that you wouldn't necessarily think of, not the the kick sixes, the prayer and Jordan yep. hairs, but the the ones where the magic happens. And if that wasn't the case, uh, then you just need to go talk to one D for because she went to Liberty <laughs> and her yep. life has changed forever because of it. You know, so yep. the, and the Liberty Bell, is that not ironic? That's so that's so <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's the tough ones. I don't know. Maybe not. You probably could make it easy for yourself. Question 11, your favorite Auburn memory of all time. That is a horrible question. Um, and I enjoy asking it every time. <laughs> well, if I didn't know that was the next question, I would have said bringing my kids to their first game. I mean, you know, seeing the, the hair rise up on their arms when the Eagle flies or, but you know, I, and I, you know, I'll, I'll, but since I've already done that, I'll tell you what it is. And it's not one time. It's an every time thing. When I haven't been home to a game in forever, and I and it's a sunny day, it's a godforsaken 11 a.m. or 2.30 kickoff, and you walk up the ramp, and now I'm going to get Vaclimp. And this D, when she's listening to this D, just stop it. Um, <laughs> when you walk up the ramp and you get that first look at Jordan Hare, the green grass and the blue, the perfect blue sky and the walls of Jordan Hare, and you see the green, I get choked up every single time without exception um even when we were there for the georgia game that somebody actually i don't know why but they left the gate open and so we're like heck yeah we're gonna go look at the field and um even even in the under a gray sky there is no more beautiful place for me than jordan hair that again that's my happy place and i i walk up and i take that the first look you get from the top of the ramp is is just phenomenal and, it, and every single time, it's just, there's so much peace in my soul. So yes, D, I'm crying. Because so, <laughs> I miss it. I haven't been back in so long since that Georgia, the last Georgia game that we played at home. Well, hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later. No, oh, I know it. <laughs> Needs to, because we're all having withdrawals at this point. Oh man, it's like a sickness. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah, Question. oh no, no pun intended. <laughs> sickness in my soul. Question 12, your last question. Describe Auburn to me in one word other than family. Peace. I've never, a a bad day in Auburn is better than a good day almost anywhere else. Fair point. And I can, I've got a memory in my head that's coming in to to me right now that I'm thinking about. And that's a, it's a beautiful word that she just just dropped there right there. And I I don't know that I ever would have come up with peace for that, but you know, with sharing your story, the things that you've kind of talked about, and especially kind of the last couple of things we've talked about here, it makes a lot of sense for your story. So I think that's a very well picked one, but how I'd like for you to close out the show. If you wanted to share anything with your Auburn family, uh, say anything to them as we kind of close out your Auburn roots, the floor is yours. Um, I'm just so grateful. Uh, You know, living so far from home. I mean, I've been in Texas 20 something years now. Um, and I, I'm so grateful for, for my Twitter family, my Twitter over family I'm, and, and all my, again, you know, strangers that I just have friends that I just haven't met yet. They're not strangers. They're Auburn people. They've kept me sane. I mean, you know, things like this where, where I can't get home and I can't, you know, go to Auburn or be there or whatever. I mean, we're living vicariously through one another. You know, I went to the Auburn A&M basketball game and, and was kind of trying to do my, my hand at some live tweeting or sharing or whatever. Um, Cause we, we support each other. We love each other. We back each other up. And, you know, we've talked about this. I've been all over the world. I mean, I've been to West Africa. I've, I've been to pretty much every continent, I guess. And, and 
except, you know, the, the frozen ones. <laughs> um, Are you talking about Tuscaloosa? Yeah, no, that's the, no, we're not going to, I'm not, I, this is a family <laughs> show. Um, no, I, you know, I, I have, I, I've been so many places and it's a very rarity that I, I don't get a war eagle. And we know we are legion. I think it was a that was from a, a bad line from a movie. That was not a good thing to be. But we are we are everywhere. And if we're not, we'll you know if you need help, if you need something, your family is there. And and I'm grateful for that connection. And I'm grateful for the friends that I've made that will be lifelong friends. Um, you know, they say you meet your friends in college. Well, we keep meeting our friends after college. Um, and I'm just so grateful that I've got that tie to a place that means so much to me. And, you know, I think my son, like my niece, is going to be third generation. Um, it's what our hope is anyway. He's a pretty smart little cookie, and um, it would be kind of hard to turn down a ride to Vandy, <laughs> although I may remember what they did to me. But <laughs> he swears up and down that, that he wants to go to Auburn. He wants to go to Auburn. And I think I'm as proud of that as I am anything. Well, Jen, this has uh, been a great walk down memory lane, I'm sure, for you, but also uh, us getting to live vicariously through you telling it and talk about where your roots began, you know, where they went and where they're going and some of the memories that you had and the things that you hold most dear about being part of the Auburn family members. So thank you for sharing your Auburn roots here with us today. Well, thank you for asking me. Now I get to go have a good cry. <laughs> No I, <laughs> I had a few over here by myself uh, for you while you were talking. So, you know, when you got going yeah, about Cody, that one, that one got me over here a little bit, I think. Oh, I, I was so <laughs> embarrassed. It was at a Friday football luncheon that I got to tell him that. And I had a good little cry right there. And Dave was like, good Lord, I cannot take you anywhere. <laughs> Poor Cody. He's like, we well, all just let it go. <laughs> I'm not Dude, that I, great. I know that that's how he feels, but yeah, but he's pretty, he's pretty amazing. But no, I, I thank you for letting me do this. I don't get to talk about Auburn. I have to kind of watch myself. You know, because I'm in the midst of the, the cult country and I mean, I'm 90 minutes from College Station and, and I've got, you know, corn dog smell in my house all the time. So an opportunity to talk about my favorite place in the world and my favorite people in the world is, is a rare occasion. So I'm very grateful. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed us and thank you for spending the time with us today. And you out there listening will have an opportunity somewhere down the line uh, to share your Auburn roots and let us get to know your Auburn story. Thank you for listening today on episode 23. And until we talk to you again. War Eagle. War Eagle.